0: Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO podcast. I'm your host Steve Gordon and in today's episode we're talking with Vinny Fisher. Vinny is a businessman and entrepreneur. He's an author, a husband and a father and uh, by that description, you can tell he's a busy guy. Uh, he has uh, he started off in a successful law practice as a corporate tax attorney, and in 2007, decided to jump out and really follow his passion as an entrepreneur. Uh, and after creating a few successful businesses in the digital space, he discovered a much needed service for business owners. I can tell you, it is very, very needed. Uh, so in 2014, he opened Fully Accountable, which is an accounting solution called Your Back Office that provides owners and accounting professionals the tools they need to really excel at accounting, HR, and and, uh, legal. Um, Vinny's written two books, The Best Investment, A Better You, and The CEO's Mindset, How to Break Through to the Next Level. And uh, Vinny, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO podcast. I'm really excited to talk with you today.
1: Hey, Steve, good morning. And thanks for having me on the show today.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you here. So maybe um, as we jump into things, once you give everybody a little bit of background and how you got started in business, what made you want to jump out on your own? You
1: know, I it's funny, I, uh, there are certain people who are, they they come up with an idea or they develop something and then they go jump into business. And then there's the person who is always tinkering and playing and and wanting to, to create something. Well, I'm the latter. I, I would say that I was first and foremost always uh, someone looking to do something, create something, make something. Uh, and then I got trained as a lawyer. So I was an entrepreneur passionately who got trained as a lawyer, got into the fancy law firm's and got extreme pedigree and real wonderful training and developed some wisdom helping other businesses that only helped to accelerate the fueling of that passion of being an entrepreneur. But I would imagine I would be correctly accused of, of historically having a lot of businesses and trying to figure it out. So for me, uh, that's how it started out. And then that meant that I would try a whole bunch of things at the same time. And so I started out there and um, opened up a mental retardation company sold that had a real that was our first real successful exit and then i jumped into the digital world and from there i had a couple good runs i uh, opened up a very large uh, built a very large web hosting company uh, sold it then did the same thing in a health and supplementation company and it was during that time that we discovered the whole and built uh, our current company fully accountable
0: yeah and uh it's that's quite that's quite a little journey. I mean, the, I I always find it interesting when I talk with people who have, have created businesses in a a number of different niches like that, the, you know, where's the common thread and, and often it's just this kind of insatiable desire to go create something. And I don't know if that's true for you or not, but what, what is it that kind of led you through that process?
1: You know, I'm real thankful. I think, you know, part of self-awareness is to figure out like, what are some of the unique gifts we have, and are you know I like what Dan Sullivan says, unique abilities. You know, what are those that we offer back to the world where we're like value movers? And so for me, I have this insatiable appetite to see a problem and have the ability to put something in place quickly to fix it. And I don't necessarily have to have been a tenured expert in it. I see a a need for something and I can jump into it. And, you know, I've developed, I'm starting to develop a relationship with a close friend of mine, Ed O'Keefe. There's a guy, Jesse Itzler, who speaks like this and says, you know, I didn't have to be an expert. I see the need and I want to jump in it. Well, I'm that kind of guy. Like, I've always been that guy. So it's great that I'm trained. As a lawyer, and it's great that I understand corporations and tax and all that. But I, my need to solve a problem in the accounting industry, I'm not an accountant. Nor, you know, we have great ones on our team. Uh, but I, it took an outsider to figure out uh, it's seeing a hole and and jumping in and wanting to fix it.
0: That's awesome. So, you know, in in building businesses, we all run into roadblocks and obstacles and things we got to get through. And um, I'd, I'd really like to, to hear from you, what are some of the things that you do, uh, maybe mindsets or frameworks or habits that you use to kind of stay unstoppable, kind of push through all that stuff?
1: You know, I think one, huh, it's a great question. So I, I, I've got two really important answers there. One is, if, if one of the things that I like to do is solve problems, then everything in the world has a solution matrix to it. So I'm naturally inclined to be a problem solver. It worked very well in my law practice. The downside to that is I can say yes to a lot of things. So I have to practice daily, Steve, um, knowing exactly what I do. So like, for example, here at Fully Accountable, our only mission is to get a customer and keep a customer. Right. So to actually create and activate a license and keep it active, that's our core mission. And so anything else that I do has to be run through that filter. And so it starts getting someone who can solve problems likes to say yes to a lot of things and sprinkle my attention across a, just a whole uh, gamut of things. So I have to practice that very regularly because it's it's my likely thing to get me in trouble, which is a dangerous word called distraction. And so I have to very regularly practice that. And then the other thing I do is, is more of a daily thing in, in addition to that. And I have to create margin. And what that looks like for me is my faith, uh, is practiced daily. And so a spiritual component to my life is critical to getting a lot of distraction, um, discouragement, desire in the wrong direction dealt with. And so I have to break away every morning a religiously. And I don't mean that as a pun, but I have to break away from everything else and spend time alone with me and the Lord and just work through uh, the things that are going on in my head uh, that create image problems, dealing with failures, you know, understanding what I can and can't control, anxiety. And so that important time, it looks like about an hour every day where I spend in what I call margin uh, allows me to really deal with uh, the things that are rattling around up in the upstairs attic.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's really critically important. Um, and... You know, we see this, we work with a lot of business owners fairly, you know, up close. And and one of the, the key transformations that I see that they make is going from being uber busy, being just totally maxed out, pulling their hair out, over scheduled, to beginning to back up and, and create a little space. Because what happens when you get so scheduled, you stop thinking. And you lose all clarity. And and uh, I imagine that time for you is a, a time to just sort of wipe everything clean and and uh, get clear about uh, where really why you're here and what you're trying to accomplish in the world.
1: You know, that Pareto principle, you know, the 80-20 principle, you know, where 80% of your output is produced by 20% of what you're doing is a big deal for a CEO, right? Like we have to get, and I have continually have to work at getting to the point where we can get busy for no reason. And so that morning ritual helps me to make sure that I'm trying my best to honor that 20% of what I should be doing so that I, it, it, it correlates with that 80% of our output. And if I do that, then our team can excel within that environment. And when, when I don't, they don't. And so it's got a direct correlation.
0: Now I'm going to ask you a really stupid question, but I think it's one that's going to be on the minds of everybody listening, and it's 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 stupid in the one hand because I I, I know the answer, and I'll tell you my answer to it, which is almost a little bit flippant, but but it's the truth. But it is it's the on the other hand, it's it's a real challenge for folks. So as you're you've created this margin for yourself, and and you've figured out how to maybe build a structure that keeps you focused. So and and the stupid question is how did you do that? You know, I mean, I, I started and
1: I mean, back in a service company, right? So we have software, but at its core, we service people and that could be just servicing the software or any additional service we provide. Well, early in my law practice, I would take any call anytime at any given part of the day. And I had no protection around that. And actually I learned that that was a gigantic mistake because if I didn't value my time, no one else did. So how this started, it's very raw and it's its not as simple as a question as you might have alluded to, but one day i I, I, I was fighting with my lovely bride of 20 plus years and Deb wanted to have lunch and I was saying, baby, I want to spend time with you. And she said, cool, let's pull out your calendar and show me where you're scheduling me in. And she said, you know, you're going to make time for the things you want to do. And it started me down this journey, Steve, of realizing that I have to protect the time that I think is the most valuable. And it, when I started actually guarding it away from clients, guarding it for my family, guarding it for business process, that really was a gigantic needle mover for me.
0: Well, and and I, you know, I say it's a, it's a stupid question because the answer is you just do it. Yep. And and you know i find that for a lot of people that answer isn't sufficient because saying i'm just going to do it is really challenging because they feel the pull of all of these other commitments that have been made or that i mean I, i've had this conversation with other business owners where they feel things like you know inbound email is somehow creating a commitment for them to respond and um, and and you know we can argue about that, but I always feel like well, if just the fact that somebody sent you a message doesn't doesn't obligate you to to any action in particular. So being able to get your mind to the point where you can see it as simply a decision, I think is is uh, the first challenge to overcome. Um, yeah,
1: I think as part of that, Steve, like there's I think there's bigger things at play than even just do it. I think just do it as a result, right? A result of something. So the, the 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 final conclusion is just do it, right? But it starts with something bigger. Like there's like these core illusions. Like your past activities define you. And so what does that mean? Like, so if I was used to answering emails and that got me clients. Well, if I don't answer it fast enough and I lost a client because of that. Well, then do I then answer everyone else's email more, uh, so to speak, timely? Because I I'm afraid of losing a client. Well, all that starts to erode this immediate need to go back and forth with people. And so if I serve a false illusion becomes an idol to me, then all of a sudden I could never have a discussion about timing when to get back into my emails because I would never believe that. Right. So I got to get rid of that first before I say, just do it. So it starts something much bigger. I, I agree with you ultimately, but boy, it's a, it's a lot more complicated. Like, uh, as I try to help our people and lead them through that issue.
0: Yeah, no. And I, I agree completely. that's why I say it's kind of a, it, it, it's a stupid question. I mean, because on. The the answer is relatively simple. It is just do it. But to get to that point, I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. There's so much you've got to work through and get your get squared away in your own mind. That um, and, and some of it's practical. It's not just you know mindset stuff. You know, if you're worried about losing that client, well, the answer to that maybe is you've got to build a system that that gets lots of clients for you. You know, I, I don't know, but uh, you've got to get to a point where you're comfortable. Pushing back the world a little bit so that you have that space so that you can actually think. And, and well, uh, um, I'll
1: tell you, Steve, as part of that, just to interrupt you on your show, uh, is, you know, I, since I work with very smart accountants, lawyers, engineers all the time, there's this value quotient that professionals believe if I give you more output, that that's more valuable. I actually don't believe that's true. I think if you remove it, you actually become more valuable. And so while I, I'm not a big scarcity guy, when you put guardrails, real guardrails in place um, and, and you call those um, non-negotiables, uh, I, I find that my client relationships are better when I'm fully available or when they're actually worse. And so I would encourage every one of your listeners, uh, all of our aspiring CEOs, that when you put those parameters in place, the client's actually going to appreciate you more.
0: Yeah, and, and that's been my experience all along the way, um, and I think that's um, it's fantastic advice and, uh, and, and gives us a, a great point to pivot in our conversation. So I want everybody to hang on uh, for just a quick second. We're going to be right back with Vinny, and uh, when we come back, Vinny, I want you to share really what's going on in your world that you're most excited about. I know you're doing some amazing things. Everybody hang on one second. you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. All right, we're back. This is Steve Gordon, and we're speaking today with Vinny Fisher. And uh, Vinny, I, I want to thank you for the, the information and the, the ideas that you just shared on how to create some margin. I know that's a big issue for uh, a lot of the business owners that that uh, are in our audience. And uh, it's a constant battle. I don't think it's anything that you ever solve once and for all. I think it's a daily, uh, a, almost a daily practice and a daily habit you've got to build to create that margin. And I know because you've done that you're doing some really amazing things um, with fully accountable and with the business. So what what's going on right now that you're very excited about?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's so funny when we think about margin. So last year, my uh, dad, uh, who passed away near the end of the year, uh, was a pretty sick guy. And so I spent 104 days in the hospital. And thankfully, none of those were for me. They were all for him. And I started exploding business to run and all these things. Well, my time became amazingly compressed. And so I started to pay more attention uh, to parts of our business and like everybody you know as we started to see success i got distracted and i wanted to chase some other stuff and other things well the lord ripped time away from me and didn't make that a privilege to be able to waste it and uh what it was wonderfully redeemed in this way i figured out uh the big needle mover in our company which i've always known vision wise but i kind of slow crept away from it so our core service Uh, helps accountants and bookkeepers and so how we helped them initially was we were it we would be the entire office professional for small businesses 200 and something of them in north america now well it was during that time during our prospecting process that i discovered kind of the big issue one was most business owners said oh i already got one of those and they didn't really know what we did. But the other thing I discovered was that professional, whether in the business or outside servicing the business, was expected to do three jobs. To be the actual accountant, to be the compliance person in HR, and to be the internal compliance person in the legal department. Well, that light bulb went on because we were doing it, and I created a software solution called Your Back Office that provides the maximum level of resources so that person can do their job very well. And when I did that, everything changed for us, Steve. And so one of the messages I wanted to give to everybody is this, you hear about this word pivot. And I want everyone to think about pivot, like maybe a basketball player. If you pick up the pivot foot, you travel, right? And so I'm afraid of pivot being used, like go try other stuff. When pivot could be just circularly stand around on your one foot and stay still and look around. And when I did that, I have literally changed the vertical movement of Fully Accountable. And now we're a software company that has fixed a major hole in the marketplace, and we are growing by leaps and bounds much faster than we were doing the exact same done-for-you side of that service. And it's been it's, you know, we will, we will be one of those, uh, we are already, but we continue to be one of those companies on the fastest moving. And our software is just exploding us into, uh, we'll, we'll be for sure deep eight figure early nine figure because of it. And we're really excited about it.
0: That's awesome. And, uh, congratulations for recognizing the opportunity. And, you know, you talk about pivot. What was it that, that, that for you kind of prompted you to stop and look around? You know, I'm a, I, I've am had the privilege
1: of having three other eight-figure companies. And so, you know, a lot of people do one and they're done. And I've been extremely blessed with having multiple opportunities at it. And I had a extremely um, tedious, borderline boring accounting business that nobody wanted anything to do with. They need it. They just don't want it. And so I had this anti-scale business and it was driving me nuts. And I'll just being real, right? And so sitting around, like thinking about, I was on the bench for a couple of years. I couldn't sell anything. I couldn't explode anything. I couldn't grow it. I felt like a trapped animal. Well, what I did with that As I started looking at other business models to grow, as opposed to looking internally into our business and listening to our customer as to what need they had. And once I got rid of looking outside and got forced to look internally, it was what allowed me to really understand some big piece of the market where we could offer a ton of value and help maybe not solve, but substantially reduce a big problem of the under-resourced accounting professional inside of a small business.
0: You know, it's funny, uh, the, the answer is always in the same place, isn't it? Or almost always in the same place. It's with the people who write the checks into the truth, man. Like,
1: and so I just started paying attention to our prospecting and onboarding and feedback. And it literally, you know, I feel extremely blessed that in probably one of the hardest years of my life, uh, we literally probably have one, of, we probably have created the most successful thing I, I will have to date done in my business career.
0: That's awesome. So, you know, as you've evolved now into this software company, who who do you serve uh, primarily right now? Um, are, you, are you primarily targeted with uh, the end user businesses or with the professionals that serve them? So first version, right?
1: We've always been the person doing the work. So we work either for CFOs or for owners that didn't have one, right? And so of all the companies, that's what we did. We filled in a hole doing the work with the creation of our software, it's kind of the same thing, right? CFOs, CPAs use our stuff and the end user, Uh, but our real growth that'll come in 2018 is going to come by going out and bringing this tool to the accountant and bookkeeper, whether they're internal or external, and looking to them as kind of like a, uh, kind of like our independent sales force of them bringing them into the marketplace. So, everything we do is about equipping that person. And whether we go directly to the owner or or go through to that person, in both cases, we're making that job better. And so we do what we say is we take ordinary people, and we're making them extraordinary through our software.
0: Wow. And, you know, you've, you've keyed on this, this kind of three part role that this person has and thinking back to the the ones we've had in, in, in our businesses, it's always been that I don't know why we group those things together, because seemingly they shouldn't go together, right. Um, but we take this person who's doing the accounting and the bookkeeping, and we lump all this stuff on. And, you know, that, to me, that really, um, it's instructive the way that you've done that, because it positions you very differently than, you know, the, the software providers that might just be doing the accounting or, you know, doing some of these other pieces. How does the solution come together to to support that person in all three roles?
1: Yeah, so um, it it works really very so its core function, you know, we say we, where QuickBooks leaves off, we pick up. So QuickBooks is a general ledger software, no different than other softwares that are trying to compete with it. So really a small business ha- doesn't have what medium and large size businesses have, which is an, a, an attitude of operational finance using indicators to run their business. And so the softwares that smart support small business just don't have that. So, that was our core service that we just built into the software. So, everything is all robust and using indicators. And what I mean by that is like cash flow analysis and labor to realization rate and things that literally you can build out if you actually had all the time to do it. But our software does that, takes a lot of that work away from the accountant. Then, the other part, because we had to build out all that robust piece for building out a chart of accounts and being real granular on labor, it allowed us to naturally have an HR department where we are the actual employment file for the employee, where we create the document, store the document, deal with uh, notifications on you know, your your time off and all of your PTO and your anniversary date and your birth date, and all of that is electronically housed within the software. And then finally, because we had to have that information, we were able to create all of our compliance documents for tax reporting, for Or uh, for purposes of a partnership agreement or uh, any contract or vendor agreement. All that was housed in there because if we're tracking it from a standpoint of understanding how the money is impacted, it allowed us to create a tool that bled into those other areas. And quite honestly, we would have never known that if we weren't doing the work repetitively over and over. And we realized that our CFOs and controllers internally or externally are doing that over and over. And one of those departments was dragging their time down. And we just got on that wall and fixed that problem.
0: You know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, God, where, where were you 10 or 15 years ago? Um, <laughs> you know, my first business, we built out all of those operational measures in these really elaborate spreadsheets. Right. Um, It was a professional service business. So we were billing time and looking at utilization and all that was really, really important. And, you know, when we were small, it wasn't a big deal because, you know, we had, you know, maybe 10 people to worry about and, um, you know, and, and decent cash flow, but not huge when we started adding offices and a lot more people and, and the business got more complex and, and not even a lot bigger, you know, I'm talking maybe 30 people, not a huge business. Right. I I couldn't manage it as the CEO without having those things. And so we built these elaborate spreadsheets that uh, our, our CFO would manually plug the data into out of the very expensive. I mean, we had graduated at that point from QuickBooks into a very sp- Expensive, um, industry specific uh, accounting package. And it was a pain in the backside. I got to tell you, we spent a ton of time just to get the information that we needed to make really good business decisions. And I see a lot of businesses going without that. And once we had it, it was really amazing how we could leverage our financial position to be able to do things. You know, when you get good, healthy cash flow, you know, you can start to look at things a little bit differently. A lot of people look at profit, uh, you know, or money in the bank or all that. But when you can start to look at sort of return on asset, you know, as, as a metric and look at the turnover of your assets, um, it it changes the game completely. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 I
1: jokingly say, if we can take the value quotient of our business and reduce it to math, it gets a really fun. If you're able to look at the math, you know, I'm generally good at math. You know, I don't, I didn't become an accountant, but when you have the, I'll tell you so many people become much more creative when they have the information in front of them. It's, it's just extremely discouraging when you're doing it blind.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so difficult to get the information out of sort of the, the standard tools available that, you, you almost just throw your hands up and say, it's not worth it. I mean, had we not had a full-time CFO who had a business degree who could use, I mean, she wasn't just a bookkeeper. She knew how to build this kind of stuff. And uh, without that capability, which is a a big capability to have, um, we couldn't have had the information and uh, and we wouldn't have been able to make as you know, the decisions we were able to make.
1: And so what we found out Steve is even with her and her wonderful, we have dozens, maybe more of that exact client, and she has no time. So she's got the capability. What we discovered was she's so something's going to give. There's either an employment claim filed and they're busy supporting the external lawyer, or there's like a tax filing that's due, or we're losing some money on the way we generate from a certain channel or our supply chain or our inventory. Something is sucking away her time. And what we noticed was, doesn't matter how smart that person is, if their uh, time is evaporated, they have no time. And the first thing they do is chuck away those elaborate reports and just kind of manage the dam by sticking band-aids all over the place
0: yeah and and then as a the ceo you're not getting you're really not getting what you need what you need from from that position in the company exactly. because it can be a if you have a handle on how the money's flowing through uh, it can be a real competitive advantage for you um, oh. and and uh, conversely it'll also keep you out of a lot of trouble too yeah. All right. We got deep in the weeds there. So we, we there did. You but, you know, it's it's uh, I, I think this is important stuff that isn't talked about a lot. It's it's really easy to sit around and talk about how you get clients and all that. But once the business gets, you know, gets some momentum and as the entrepreneur, you transition into this role of really being not just the entrepreneur, but now you're a CEO. You, you've got to pay attention to some of these things and they just aren't talked about in a lot of places. It, it was very difficult for me. Um, you know, I, I became CEO of my first company when I was 28 years old and didn't know anything. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I had to really go searching to find this stuff um, and, and find good information. And so, I, I, yeah, we're in the weeds a little bit, but I think it's useful. So thanks for, for uh, following me down that path. No, you're you're welcome.
1: And I tell you, once we realized, and that's where the light bulb went on. Once I realized I wanted to partner up with the office professional, you put the title all the way from office manager up to CFO. As soon as I realized that that person is expected to do so much because they're at least in some respects educated and trained, as soon as I realized I needed to make that person's job better and more efficient, it it correlated back to the owner 100% of the time. And so I'm with you, man. I I get it. And I, I never envisioned that. I thought I was going to be working directly with owners. I never realized by making that person's job better, you and I, the owner, the CEO are, are far
0: better served. Yeah. Well, great, great insight. And, uh, you know, and one of the things I love about having these conversations with, um, everybody that, that comes on to the podcast is that, when you, when you talk with a, an entrepreneur who has kind of made that pivot, they they saw something. Just hearing how you've done that is educational. It uh, I know it's it's created some ideas for me just in in the conversation. I know it's created awesome. some ideas for the folks listening. So I appreciate you sharing that and being open about it. And so uh, Steve, really what I like to do yeah. with your
1: audience is you know uh, we're we're givers, right? We can't help ourselves. So I'll always give you any information your audience wants. I love what you guys are doing as a show. And I like you you touched a nerve, you know, that 28 year old CEO that's guessing, right? Like how do we make sure he guesses less? And so one of the things I want to do for your show is give you guys a bunch of gifts. So at fullyaccountablecom accountable.com forward slash unstoppable CEO, we'll have gifts that will be not only critical indicators, uh, a free link to my newest book so that you can have that. Uh, we have resources there for your audience to help that CEO guess less.
0: That's wonderful. Thanks for uh, putting that together. And, and we'll be sure we'll link that in the show notes. And, uh, and for those listening, um, just if you want to give that that URL one more time.
1: Yeah, it's just fullyaccountablecom com forward slash unstoppable CEO. And there uh, it'll be stuff for your, your audience. We're going to help with, you know, giving away things that are information that helps you uh, make good decisions. And so, you know, not every company uh, should be a full solution based on where they are, but every company should get the quality resources and information they need to succeed. And we're trying to help people do that.
0: That's awesome. Thanks for doing that. Um, so uh, before we, we wrap up here, um, I want to ask you what, what's on top of your reading list right now?
1: Yeah, I'm a voracious reader. So, you know, my dad died this just last year. So I'm reading a book called grief recovery. And what's amazing about it is that, you know, we like, like everything, you know, we haven't really had to in life work through exercising that muscle. And so instead of avoiding it, I've, I'm in the journey of working through. It's a great read. I just got done reading uh, a book that's probably going to become one of my favorites called a return to love. It's by Marianne Williamson, and it's a, a book about reflecting on the principles of how miraculous things happen in your life and what imaging and framing do you put in your brain on how you deal with stuff. So great read, and probably the last one, I'd, rec- I'd probably recommend two more. I read about a book a week, by the way, so I can recommend a bunch. And so these are just the last four I've read, and the one before that was called uh, uh, A Road to Character, uh and um that book really talked about some classic iconic people in american history and tragic things that have happened to them and why that was resonated with me was being in the room with my dad four children and my wife while he passed away in his hospital room and watching hospice care and all that my family's different we don't come back out of that experience and go back to pre December 20th we were we were galvanized as a different family that day and so the road to character talks about when you go through hard stuff what's the development of character do you do you develop up or do you develop down you're going to go one way or the other and how do you take that experience and layer in a level of wisdom that allows you to lead better. And so as as aspiring CEOs, I'd really would encourage to look at that book through a lens of how you take the hard days and, and lead people with vision so that they won't perish.
0: That's wonderful. And, and, uh, truly sorry for your loss. And, uh, it's interesting because of all of the people that we've interviewed on the podcast, the things that come up again and again, and yeah, we get people who share business books, certainly, but I've been really struck by the number of books that, that deal with, uh, with relationship, um, and, uh, whether it's spiritual relationships, relationship with spouse, we've had a couple of people, Recommend books related to that, and um, and it it really um, has been eye opening to me. How I, I read a lot of that sort of thing as well, um, but how many. Entrepreneurs are really focused on that, and I think that's a a really great thing. Thank you for those shares. Um, and
1: I think uh, the last thing I would add on that, Steve, is that you know I I believe in people over systems. I think good systems help good people become great people. So I don't I don't want to knock systems, but if if a CEO is growing something that's bigger than themselves, well then we're in the people business. And so in order to, to, we can, I, I went through that stage of my life where I was wanting to know the next business hack and how to do certain things. You can get caught up in making that a career. And I would say for all our aspiring leaders out there, as you continue to improve that, f- make sure you're leaning more towards people and less towards the process of business, because it's going to continue to figure itself out if you do that.
0: I think that's wonderful advice to, to end on. So thank you so much for investing some time with us today and uh for everybody listening go to fullyaccountable.com forward slash unstoppable CEO. Vinny's got uh some, some free gifts for you there that I know will help you out tremendously. Uh Vinny Fisher, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks Steve thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.